Good morning and welcome to Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast. Today it's my esteemed pleasure to have on a bluegrass, wonderful, wonderful, talented man. And Pascal Roker, how are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. It's a pleasure Good to have to you on, sir. Should I call you Dr. Roker? Pascal is fine. Okay, thank you, sir. Um, so how you been holding up through all this uh, pandemic stuff and everything else going on, sir? Are you doing okay? I'm doing okay. I'm using that time to just uh, practice and uh, write music and reflect. And that's pretty much a piece. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the best thing we, we can make the most of it, right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. Now, what got what got you into bluegrass? What introduced you to even even into the banjo and because that's a very different instrument than, like, say, the guitar and things like that. So, what got you interested in uh, in playing the banjo? Well, you know, I am originally from the part of the world that invented the banjo. I grew up in Sigu, which is in Mali, on the banks of the Niger River. And the banjo is originally from West Africa. Africans are going to bring it to the shores of the southern plantation in the United States as early as 1550. There is a single banjo in England, in Ireland, or in Scotland. The banjo is the popular instrument of population from West Africa. In Mali, we call it Mwini. In Senegal, it's called Halam. In the United States, they call it banjo. But it's the same instrument, same function, same easy way to make, and the tune. And so I was, I grew up listening to that string instrument. And when I came to the United States, I realized that the oldest musical string instrument of the United States was from West Africa. And that you guys call it banjo. But, and so I said, huh, now that makes sense. I understand why the foundation of popular American music, whether we call it the rural blues or the blues or country music, is in the south of the United States, in the Delta in particular, because that's where you had the greatest concentration of West Africans in the United States. Where is that? I could not hear you. I'm sorry. Say that again, sir. I said that's the location where you had the greatest concentration of West Africans in the United States. Oh, okay. In certain counties of the South, Africans are the majority population, sometimes four to one. Yes, sir. So as a, as a early, and, and West African to the slave trade come as early as 1550. You know? In fact, there is a city, Sassel, Orlando, that said, Augustine, and there's a plug there that says, King of Spain, Florida belonged to the Spaniards before it was taken over. It says, King of, King of uh, Spain with Africans. 1550-1550. Right, yes, sir. So Africans have been here for a long time. Yes, sir. And they brought their music. They brought their culture. They brought their instruments. Did you just automatically fall in love with it as a child? Well, I was I was always intrigued by the um, 
Yes, sir. Can you move a little bit away from your mic, sir? Or we're just a little muffled. Okay. Thank you. Perfect, sir. Thank you, sir. Yeah, that that's so. When when you did you do you remember when you first uh, thought about playing it? You know that you saw it and you said, "I want to try that." Or no, because uh, I never. Uh, I play the original um, banjo, the one that we have in uh, in Mali, but I'm really not a. I wouldn't call myself a banjo player. So what I do is that, in the context of my music, I hire banjo players, people who actually know how to play it. Okay. And because uh, my music is a, it's called Afro bluegrass. It's a combination of musical styles. Right. Uh, it's a good idea for me to hire people who know how to, how to use that instrument properly in the context of the music that we perform. But the effort in bringing that instrument back into, into the music is really a cultural realization that the, the reintroduction of the banjo in contemporary music is a way to reconnect the African family with the African-American family musically. So, so basically, I mean, so you're basically the root of what we call bluegrass today. Uh, culturally, West Africans are the roots of what we call bluegrass today, absolutely. You know, um, when, and for that, we need to understand chronology because you can't have a historical perspective an accurate historical perspective unless you have a good sense of the chronology of the immigration process in the United States. What happened is that Africans, because of the slave trade, Africans are the largest demographics in the South. They come every day, every week, every month, every year, from 1515 until 1888. That's a long time. Yes, sir. And when we look at the, the immigration processes and the demographics in the United States, it is not an accident that in the midst of the 1700s, when you have a big push from the immigration from the British Isles, from Ireland, from Scotland, from England, and these populations come to the United States and move into the Appalachians, into Tennessee, into Kentucky, it's not an accident that they meet, these European populations, meet Africans, African-Americans playing the banjo on the banks of the Tennessee River. And they're going, these populations from Europe are going to listen to that instrument, they're going to learn it from these African populations, and they're going to integrate the sounds of the blues, the, ryth the rhythmic inflections of the banjo from these African-American populations into their own Celtic heritage to create something that's authentically American 
and that is uniquely American, which we call bluegrass. Yes. But in order to have bluegrass, you need to have that instrumental body and these tonal colors of the blues that are also from West Africa. Yes, sir. And, and you're formally trained. I mean, geez, you, you to the car, the National Conservatory of Nice. I mean, you know, you went to Berkeley College of Music, which we've had numerous people on here from Berkeley College of Music. So it's 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 amazing that it, we're, we're getting a trend going on here, by the way. <laughs> um, and, you know, I, so it's amazing looking at your credentials. And, and I love your sound. I went and, and I, I wasn't familiar with, with much of your music. I had heard your name around and, and I when I was scheduling to come on for you to come on the Lifebox Mini channel, I went and I was listening to music. I was like, wow. Cause I know a lot I I know a lot of people in bluegrass and, and uh my uncle one time tried to show me how to play the guitar when I was a little kid and then play the banjo and it was two entirely different animals. And I'm not very good at either. Uh <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I just look at it. I was like, "Wow!" Because you have this bluesy, soulish part with the mixture of the bluegrass in there, and it's a very unique sound. And I know you have an album out, uh, soft uh, American Trails, and uh, it, it's it's really um, very different. And I and I like the groove. It's it's kind of matter of fact. I, I looked at one of your other songs on there as I was listening to your songs on YouTube. And I was listening, one of them was uh, So Long, by the way, which I listened to, which is, a, I really dug that song. I was listening to all your songs, and 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 I wasn't listening to them just in an order of what it was, to just what how they had it listed on your on your YouTube. And that became my favorite song. Thank you. And Thank you. I, I just wondered, you know, you playing the difference of going to the guitar, to like you said, <clears throat> excuse me, you have people come in that, uh, you know, also play the banjo and stuff. Do you find it a difficult yourself to switch from a guitar to a banjo? Well, um, it, it, it's not difficult. Um, I, I hire, in, in the band, we have a great banjo player. His name is Evram Siegel. And uh, one of the things that's really helpful is that Evram really knows the blues and he's really interested in jazz. And I'm a, I'm a jazz guitar player by, by, by profession. And so with my background in, in, in African music, because that's where I, I was raised, um, I'm able to tell him, okay, this is the pattern on the guitar that will play. And let me hear what you hear uh, from your musical perspective. And then he plays what he hears. I play what I hear. And I say, okay, let's see if we, these two patterns can work together and let's make it happen. And so, um, in, in that way, we come with something that that fits the music, that fits the format. Right, and, and, and it fits really well, because like I said, it's very unique. I don't know, I've, I've, I've even had a, a Kentucky Bluegrass uh, Hall of Famer on the show, and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this going, Wow, this is different. And normally, if it wasn't a pandemic, I, I was going to see him uh, uh, today, but uh, but I'm not uh, and uh, at, at a show. But I'm anxious. I'm going to send him over the music and say, "Hey, check this out." I'm sure he knows, you know. But it's just really unique, and it's just really I like the groove, and I think it's smooth 
and soulful, but it's something you can sit down on your porch and listen to and just relax with a glass of iced tea and take it easy with a glass of sweet tea and take it easy. You know, the, the reason why the music works um, with that band is because none of the none of the instrumentation or the textures of the instrument is foreign to the culture. Uh, what what I've done is essentially synthesizing the sounds and the genres. But that's all. Those, the banjo has a history. It, it has a, a form of expression. It's an authentically American expression of music that comes from a cultural school of thought. And when you apply it in its original form, it fits. So when you listen to my band and you listen to the music, you hear the blues, you hear the bluegrass, you hear some elements of jazz, you hear gospel, you hear rhythm and blues, because it's a synthesis of American, of authentic American popular forms of music. So no one is surprised by the context of the music, the textures, the colors of the instruments makes it different because usually we tend to compartmentalize things. So banjo, we only hear banjo and bluegrass, or sometimes in country music, and we don't hear it in either the blues or... And that's one of the issues that my uh, radio people have they send my record to blues stations and the DJs in blues stations say, why is there a banjo? Right. <laughs> they, send, they send it, so they send the record to Americana station and they say, well, why are they playing the blues? <laughs> and I'm like, we need to take these DJs to school. <laughs> because that's very because true, my the, friend. That's the reality true. of American history is that the banjo is the original instrument of the blues. So nobody should be, no blues DJ should be surprised to hear the banjo in the context of the blues, and no American DJ should be surprised to hear the blues in the context of American music, because it is, it is the essence of country music. But most people don't know the musical, how rich the musical history of this nation is. Yes, sir. And, and, and that's, so in a way, the, the band sort of tells that story. Yes, sir. Well, and, and I think that's, that's the part of where we really get you. Because if I just took your record and I just put it on, I took, took the music and I put it on a station, they would just enjoy it for just as it is. Instead of classifying it, you know, when I grew up, you know, I'm in my fifth, I'm in my mid fifties. So when I grew up, you know, in the AM station, they played a little bit of everything. Correct. And so when you listen to that and you say, oh man, okay, that's cool. And then you went on, you could have everything, you know, whether it be rock or blues or whatever, there was a little bit of everything on there. And so I think if they did it like that and they look and said, oh man, this is, this is, you know, Pascal's new album. Okay. You know, and they, and they put it on or they put on a new single and and they just enjoyed it instead of trying to say, oh man, it has a banjo on it. Why is that on here? You know, or, or whatever. I mean, because it's crazy. 
because the arrangements are really cool. And you and your music goes, it doesn't go off in outer space like in a strange way. It's like I said, it's very smooth. And I think that's the cool thing that it, it did. And that's what jazz and R&B are to the most part. That's what a lot of country music is. That's what a lot, of, a lot of great rock music in certain ways, in certain areas is. And so you, you just you just kind of have a melting pot of putting it together. Who are some of your influences in music growing up? Oh, the question is, who hasn't been? <laughs> well, give me you a know, couple. Throw a couple around, my friend. Because um, I... I listen to everybody, and um, I like that. So, um, you know, growing up, I listened to Muddy Waters, um, and so obviously, I listened to Jimi Hendrix and uh, and Buddy Guy, and then I then I realized the the extent to which African culture tools of banjo had influence American music, I went even I went back even further somehow. And I started listening to to some of the original uh, like Arnold Schultz, you know, who who taught Bill Monroe, to Leslie Riddle, who taught Epic Carter. And and then I discovered straight ahead jazz. Um, so I listened to Dizzy Gillespie and Charlie Parker and Wes Montgomery, the guitar player. And then I discovered Roy Clark, the guitar player. And, um, and all these guys, you know, and I realized, you know, um, there is a commonality. You know, when you hear Roy Clark, you know, playing a fast tempo blues, you realize that this is an expression of improvisation that comes out of an African culture that was anchored in the South of the United States that every population group who got, who became involved in that culture in America started speaking. It became, it became a language, an American language through the blues. And so, um, because I'm a guitar player, you know, I listen to a lot of guitar players, you know, um, and I listen to a lot of guitar players across the, the spectrum. You know, I listen to Bella Fleck. Um, he had a great, um, he made a documentary about the, the connection between string instruments of West Africa and the banjo of the United States. And Bella is a great, um, he's a great musician, he's a great um Banjo player, but I also listen to Taj Mahal. I listen to Kedmo. I listen to you know. So when you say who who are your influences, uh, <laughs> get a get pack some lunch and we'll sit down. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It, it's because it's hard because in American music, um, and I'm also you know a function a result of my age. You know, I'm in my mid fifties and. Uh, so I've had the opportunity to listen to radio when it was not compartmentalized. Yes, sir. Yeah, and that's exactly that's exactly my point. Exactly what I was saying. And 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 you know, I'm I'm 56, so I'm right there. And and I definitely remember those times. And um, you know, and I grew up with my mom's music to my music to 
everything that kind of fit in between it. I mean, you know, I can go from the King Elvis to the Beatles to Rod Stewart to whatever you want to listen to, to the Motown to whatever. So, it, you know, I'm all across the board. Um, you know, so I, I love that. And, uh, but and I, that's I, something that we've lost, you know. Yes, sir. As I, a, that's as a nation. And I, I don't know how we, we, we get it back. <clears throat> it's funny. You're the second person, literally, um, I had Mark Fernan on from Grand Funk Railroad yesterday and he, and, and you you guys seem like you're right in the same fix of things because we were saying the same exact thing yesterday of when, you know, you could hear all different types of music on one station and I, I, I don't, that's a great thing. I don't know how to get it back because things are so in, in such a different way, but that's, that's why I think we have our own playlists now, my friend. You know, I mean, that's why, you know, well, speaking of which, if, if I went and if you and I were going out to get a, a lunch, what would be on your playlist today? Give me a couple couple entertainers that would be on your playlist today that you'd be listening to as the mood strikes you right now. I'll probably uh, uh, get move. And, uh, and who else would I have? I'd have a guy by the name of Ali Fakatoure, who's a blues guitar player from Mali. Um, I'd probably have some Marvin Gaye because uh, I think what's going on is one of the best records of all time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, I, mean. uh, I would probably have uh, some of some Ray Charles music. Because when we talk about the merging of influences, Ray Charles is a perfect example of someone who who was deep in in the blues, deep in uh, country music, deep in and and everybody likes Ray Charles. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And he has a footprint and everything. You exactly. You can't you can't pigeonhole Ray Charles. Ray Charles is a the embodiment of an entire expression of American music. Yes, sir. Yeah. I agree with that, for, without, without fits, a doubt. He fits in jazz, he fits in blues, he fits in rhythm and blues, he fits in country music. He, he's, you know, uh, you hear Charlie Pride in his music, you hear uh, Johnny Cash in his music. I mean, it, it's, so, for me, um, you, you on the playlist you would you would see a, you know a rainbow of the various American styles of music because uh, music to me has always been a, a function of of colors, of, but always centered to the blues because I think that's the essence of American music. Yes, sir. I love that. Now, as far now, now I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play a hypothetical with you. If you could go on the wayback machine, give me an artist or two you would have loved to have recorded with. Past tense. Ooh, Howling Wolf. Nice. You got Sound Boss. Right on, man. Um. Love that. What about today, sir? What about today? Is there a couple of artists that you would look at saying, I'd love to, you could just see yourself mixing with a today's style and you think you could really groove with them? 
Yeah. Uh, definitely, probably, I would say Kepler, Vince, Vince Gill. Oh, um, I think Vince Gill, when you would be magical. Uh, That'd be crazy. I mean, that, I think you guys would just burn the house down. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he loves all of that, all of the blues, and he, and he has a great history and respect, and he knows it. I think you guys would be a magical mix. That that's a great uh, that's a great deal. And we have his, we've had his daughter Jenny Gill, who's very talented on the show before. I mean, but I'm gonna have to pass that one along. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Vince. Uh, there are a couple of of uh, great string players. Vince is is really at the top there. Um, there is another guitar player. He he used to play a lot of contemporary music, but now he's become he, he's uh, taken a more of a gospel approach to it. A very scary guitar player. Um, his name evades me now. Say that um, again, sir. The, I say his, his name evades me. Um, maybe he plays he plays a mandolin a lot now. But um, besides Vince Gill, probably, um, I would think Willie Nelson. Nice. Uh, because Willie's music is a, is a synthesis of these elements of blues, jazz, and country. And he makes it work. Um, and, and you can hear is um, his, his harmonic approach uh, coming straight through. Um, there's a there's a lady um, who's uh, I think an amazing vocalist. Uh, I'll put you on the spot. Sorry about that. <laughs> No, it's all right. Uh, her name is Katie Oslin. Oh, okay. And uh, when you hear her sing, you can hear all these elements. Uh, so when you say, if I could record with uh, with any, any of them, there's a, another, there's a great guitar player, his name is Steve Warner. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. And uh, all these guys, especially the guys in country music, have they have an edge because um, because their music is centered. It comes out of the blues, wow. you know. But but the blues from from the center of the country, you know. There's a there's a, a sense of authenticity in their in their approach in their music. And which is what the banjo, which is one of the reasons I'm so attracted to the to the banjo, because there's an authenticity of, 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 of a unique American expression. And that authenticity comes from the fact that it's an instrument that speaks a language uh, that goes beyond borders, because that instrument came from West Africa. Yes, and sir. the language was born out of that experience and the experience of Africans in North America. Yes, sir. And then it became a language, a national language, because music is not a universal language, but it is a universal expression. 
Now that's a different take on that. Now that's why do you why do you say it like that, my friend? Why do you say it like that, Pascal? Well, I think it's really important to 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 understand the difference because in order to call it a universal language, that would mean that we would have the language, but we don't. We acquire the language. So, for example, and and the the, the fundamental example of this is is that one. Look at what happened when Irish population, Scottish population, English populations came into into the southern plantations. They discovered that music, the sounds of the blues that the African American population had created, they integrated, they learned that language. Right. They learned uh, the music from these populations and then they added their own culture to it. Bluegrass was born. But at a more contemporary level, we see that when you look at the British kids, whether you're looking at the Rolling Stones or the Beatles or, or Led Zeppelin, these guys went to the music of the rural areas of America. Right. They learned the music of the South. And most of them, they learned the language and they became proficient in that language because they wanted to express the universal the universality of that particular form of music. So music is not a universal language, but it is a universal, because we have to acquire the language, but it is a universal expression. And what happens is that when we hear a music, we hear a language, and then we, we get close to that language, and then we learn it. I like that. I, I like that. That's a definitely a different explanation. And I had never looked at it that way before. I think that's really, really cool. And I, I appreciate you sharing that. I always say the example I said I always use is, you know, is, <clears throat> excuse me, being, being a, uh, you know, I, I grew up a poor kid in an area, you know, raised by a single mom before it was popular or a sport. And my mom's my hero to this day. You know, the thing of it is, though, is that, uh, you know, listening to music, you know, without R&B and blues, there's no Elvis Presley, you know, and he grew up in a poor area of town. He picked up all that stuff and he just happened to be able to bring it to the forefront. But, you know, that's and he said that himself. He said if there was no R&B and there was no blues, there would be no him. And I, I think that and, and the Beatles and Robert Plant, Roger Daltrey and all those guys out there as well sit there and went back and listened to Muddy Waters and, you know, uh, Paul McCartney and, and, and George Harrison said when they listened to Elvis, they said, and they talked to Elvis, they said, what did he listen to? And he went back and said, I listened to this, which sent them all on the way back machines to things that were way before. So I think that that part of it is comes to bring it at forefront that, you know, it, it's a lot of this is expression that's been developed that I think a lot of times doesn't get enough credit. Well, you know, the, the context of all of this comes out of the music of the church. You know, yes, sir. But because music is an expression of control power, but it's also an expression of the, of the soul of the community. Yes, sir. And I tell people, if you want to listen, if you want to hear where American music comes from, 
go to any African American Baptist church oh, for on, sure. a, on a Sunday, and you will feel the essence of this music. Absolutely, I, I, yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, um, and that 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 goes right back. That's the one part I left out on, on with Elvis is the fact that where he went to church, exactly where he went because to church. Gospel. Yes, sir. Yes, gospel. I appreciate you bringing that back. I knew I was missing something there, and can't believe I missed <laughs> something in the game. Brother, you had it. <laughs> Everything comes at its own time. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell me a little bit about your your newest project out here, my friend. Uh, American Trails? Yes, sir, please. No, American Trails is just uh, the continuum. We we had started with American Trails uh, a few years back, you know, because originally I, I did a lot of bebop, and, uh, and so American Trails was my first uh, crystallization of these concepts, um, and that's where you had the record solo, where the song and then in American Trails, it's a continuum of that uh, of that direction, and uh, we're just sort of defining it um, conceptually, musically, and in terms of performance. And um, one of the issues that we will have is that we we have a sound, uh, which is why I gave it a name. Uh, one of the things that I've learned from uh, from the community of artists is that you need to define your music. Do not let others define you. Yes, sir. I love that. I love that. I know I read that and I was like, I, I love that you brought that up because I was going to see so beat me to the punch, <laughs> but I love um, that. And, and so you, so, so, so you, that's why I called it Afro blue grass because Afro, because I'm from West Africa. Yes, sir. Because that's the blues, that's the essence of American music and grass. It's a contraction of grass, bluegrass, and jazz. Because jazz is uh, the most advanced language of, of modern improvisation. So we synthesize bluegrass with jazz and we call it bluegrass. Yes, sir. Now that, uh, that, uh, that, that CD's out now, right? Yeah, this is that American Trails. Yes, because I've seen, you know, I've obviously caught some of the tunes, and I think, look, I really feel that this is something that everybody could pick up and and really enjoy. I I have a list for the holidays of uh, books and CDs and certain things for gifts that I'm putting together right now for people to go out and check out and buy, and this is definitely going to be one on my list uh, that we're going to refer refer people to go go enjoy and buy because. I think you really got, you know, a great sound. Um, it is a true pleasure and honor to have you on the show today. Uh, thank you. It was a pleasure being on it. Where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, YouTube. 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 Uh, we have a great video on YouTube of the band playing live. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, um, you do. <laughs> and, I mean, and it's, you know, it's a music of the village. There's, a, there's about, what, 12 or 13 of us? And uh, no dubs, uh, you know, the, the record was, I brought the guys in the, in the studio and uh, they said, what are we playing? And uh, I said, this is what we're playing. And they looked at the music and there were no dubs. We cut the record in one session 
in, in, about, in about an hour and a half, two hours max. No. Yes. No. That's, no yeah. Come on. Really? Seriously? Yeah, absolutely. That is crazy. I've, 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 I've done albums, sir. That is ridiculously. I can't believe that. Absolutely. Uh, we, uh, I brought them the music. It's not, it's not difficult. These guys are great musicians. I brought them the music. They looked at it. And I think the only one song where we did two takes, everything else was one take. In fact, in the, there's a, in the first in the soundtrack of the first song, we did a cover of Otis Spann. Otis Spann was a piano player for Money Waters and for Big Mama Thornton. Yes. And he was a fabulous blues piano player. I mean, if you want to learn the blues on the piano, you listen to Otis Spann. He, he's going to show you how it's done, you know? <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, Pike Pike Perkins, you know, any of these guys, they show you, they, they can tell you how it works. And so that was a, that was the first, that's the first song. Um, the blues don't like nobody. And while we were while we were doing it, I had a great um, vocalist who was a guest. Her name is Paula Harris, and uh, she was looking at me and she was motioning to me that she couldn't really hear herself very well. And I kept telling her, "Just keep singing. Don't, don't worry about it." And at the end of the session, she looked at me. She said, "Pascal." Only you can get me in situations like that. <laughs> <laughs> Where you just tell and you tell the sound engineer, just record. Oh my gosh, that would drive me crazy if I couldn't hear myself. That would, oh my gosh, I, geez. And, oh. and she, she did a great job. And that's the thing that you want. That's why the record sound, there's an energy in the record. Right. That, would, that we would have never gotten if we had gone track by track and dub after dub. That, that's just, I mean, because I was I was going to ask you, uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask you, how long did it take? Because you're directing an orchestra there. I mean, you got a dozen or so people. That's a doggone orchestra just about. I mean, I was like, I was thinking this was going to take, you know, months or a year to put to, get, to lay this down in there. I mean, you're telling me, you know, less than an hour and a half, two hours, you're out the door. That's nuts. Absolutely, and the, the baffle, we have the baffle player, the baffle that's the ancestor of the marimba, but we call the xylophone. That's an original instrument from West Africa. I did and, not know that. I did not know that. And, and you know, the, the baffle, what's interesting about that instrument is that it is the first fixed-tone instrument on the face of the planet. I knew it was the first instrument, but I did not know the origin. It is from West Africa, and it's the first fixed tone, and that's really important because string instruments, you know, you can argue about the concept of tonalities because strings, you know, they tune and they detune. Yes, sir. But but the balafone, the xylophone, there is no detuning. That means that once you cut the blade and you put the gold underneath to get the sound, and then you you cut the other piece of wood, just that particular wrench, you have a tonality that is fixed, which means that you now have a context and a concept of tonal systems that are fixed, meaning that you have a culture who has agreed to a normality or a norm of intervals in music. 
That's uh, that is that's I can't believe that. I mean, that's just you. You've been such a pleasure. I, I've I've learned so much, and I thought I used to know a lot about music. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you've been such a pleasure having on to, on on the Lifebox Media Channel today, and I Thank really you. appreciate you coming on. I hope you will come on in the future because we'd be happy to have just, you back. Um, I I just remembered the guitar player I was talking about, yes, Ricky sir. Skaggs. By Skaggs. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Yeah. Ricky, Ricky Skaggs. Oh, Rick, oh, Ricky Skaggs. Ricky Skaggs. Oh, yes. Ricky Skaggs, the country country uh, singer. Yes, sir. He's a phenomenal guitarist. Yes, sir. And bluegrass player, yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He's he's phenomenal. Um, there you go. That you, you have uh, you laid down in different genres. You laid down some of the best to perform with. Uh, you know, we have a lot of uh, great people listening to the show out here. Matter of fact, we're in. Matter of fact, we're in uh, forty countries. So uh, give a little bit of a shout out to uh, maybe say something a little bit in French to some of our people over in France, please. Absolutely. Merci encore. Très heureux d'être sur ton canal. À bientôt. And translate that for us people that don't understand that. Thank you so much. Very happy to be on your show and see you soon. Again, ladies and gentlemen, Lifebox Media Channel Radio Podcast, um, just a book, an unbelievable talent. Uh, I've learned so much today. Um, I don't get speechless often, but I, I really am. And uh, Afro Bluegrass it is absolutely a fantastic sound. I guess you're the man that coined that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Pascal Boker, go check out American Trails. It's out there. Check them out on YouTube. Uh, it is, it is really cool. It's going to, it's, it's going to be on my Christmas list. I'll show everybody where to get it. And again, please come on again soon, sir. You stay safe. You have a wonderful, wonderful holiday season. And again, very grateful that you came on. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you, sir. Take care. Yeah.